Hello, everyone, and welcome to Joe's Tango Podcast, where we hear from all types of fascinating tango professionals. I'm your host, Joe Yang. Thanks for tuning in. Welcome back, all you returning listeners, and a big welcome to all you first-timers. Really glad you're here. My guest today is both a dancer and a writer. Originally from Los Angeles, she has spent a considerable amount of time living in France and Mexico. She also spent 11 years living in Buenos Aires, where she immersed herself in the dance scene. And as you can imagine, spent a lot of time dancing, learning, and teaching tango. In 2006, she was a finalist in the Buenos Aires Tango Championships. As a writer, she's published articles on dance, books, travel, and international culture. Her works have appeared in magazines, professional journals, and anthologies, including Solamente in San Miguel and Chicken Soup for the Soul, Reboot Your Life. Her two published books include Arabesque, Dancing on the Edge in Los Angeles, and The Church of Tango, a memoir. Her third book, which completes her memoir trilogy, is called Intoxicating Tango, My Years in Buenos Aires. It's complete and will be released in November 2019. And with me now is Cherie Magnus. Cherie, thanks for taking the time to be on the podcast. It's great to be talking to you. Oh, thanks for having me. Yeah. Great. Yeah. So, Cherie, uh, for those out there who, who aren't familiar with you or your work, um, how did you fall in love with tango? Well, gosh, I suppose everybody has their own story because right. it's always a question of falling in love or becoming addicted or something like that, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. isn't it? I've been a dancer all my life, and I remember when I was studying ballet as a child, for the Grand Batma at the bar, the pianist would play tangos, you know, mm. La Compresita, and, and I loved that music, and I didn't know anything about it, but I loved it. Mm-hmm. And then when I was older, I heard the pop songs, um, Hernando's Hideaway, and I knew that was a tango. <laughs> Then, in the 80s, a tango Argentino came to the Pantages Theater here in Hollywood. Mm. And I went with my late husband, and we both said, wow, look at that. Listen to that. Wow. If only, you know, I mean, normal people could do that because we would like to do that. And actually, we were very um, attracted by Gloria and Eduardo, who were starring in the show at the time, mm-hmm. because they looked like normal people, middle-aged normal people. Mm-hmm. So I loved it, but I thought, well, you know, it's impossible to ever learn it or anything. And then my husband uh, sadly passed away. And so I was, um, as I said, I've always been a dancer. I've done every discipline and and genre. I danced professionally, but not tango. Mm -hmm. And um, there was an ad in the learning annex for eight tango lessons, $40. Wow. So, yeah. So I said, wow, that then maybe I can do it. I'm looking for, you know, another way to keep dancing and make myself happy. And so I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. So that was the beginning of the end, shall we say, when I took those eight <laughs> lessons. It was, it was with Linda Valentino. Mm-hmm. And um, after that, then uh, I went on a tango tour with Daniel Trenner to Buenos Aires. Nice. And that that's just the beginning, and I, I became addicted. Yeah. 
like so many people. <laughs> and who knew <laughs> after those first few tango lessons that you would go on the, um, I would say, adventure <laughs> that that has taken right. you for, for so long. Yeah. That, and totally changed my life. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What was what was your first impression of, of Buenos Aires when you when you got there? Well, I didn't really see much of it at all. It was a ten day trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniel Organ, I didn't know him from Adam. I never heard of him. I didn't know anything, mm-hmm. and I had to pay for the trip in cash. I said, "Who is this man? I'm going to give all this money to." Yeah. So I, I didn't know what to expect. But I wanted to go, and and so when I got to Buenos Aires, with a there were about forty five of us. I didn't mm. know anybody, and we met at La Ideal, mm. and I I just thought, wow, this, this is like the real deal. This is like historical stuff, and and we were so busy with classes because he brought in all the famous tango masters, all mm. of them mm. at the time. Many of them have passed away, but we had classes with them every day. Every night we went to a different milonga. And so I really didn't get to know anything about Buenos Aires other than inside of tango salon. Mm. Like many people, you know, they go to Buenos Aires, and, and, and I did that for years when I was a tango tourist. You just dance, dance, dance. And that's what I did. And, and so by then I, I just couldn't believe the feelings of, the warm embrace, the mm. music. I didn't know any Spanish at all except gracias. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, no, I, uh, so, you know, I it kept like everybody else pretty much. Mm-hmm. Once I, I had the taste, once you've been to Paris, you can't keep them on the farm anymore. Yeah. And so I kept going back whenever I had vacation time from work, whatever, I kept going back. Mm-hmm. Once I went for five days from mm-hmm. Los Angeles, can you believe it? Wow. Five days I went. I mean, it was insane. <laughs> but I, I needed a fix. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's just amazing how this dance just grabs you. And it's not just the dance, Joe, you know, mm-hmm. it's the, the whole culture. Yes. Um, it's the music and it's the culture. And I'm, I'm an extremely traditional person. Mm-hmm. And in Buenos Aires, of course, the tango that, that I fell in love with, and it, it's changing now, but mm-hmm. it still exists, is the traditional milonguero, old-fashioned with the coat of gold, yeah. old-fashioned with the music style of dancing. And that just blew me away. I mean, mm-hmm. the whole, then I started learning about tango history and more about the music because I, I played the piano and I played tango. I bought tango music down there and I would play. Nice. So it, it's not just going and dancing. It's so much more than that. Mm-hmm. And I loved it all. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this seems right up your alley, this dance, because your other great talent is that of being a writer. And you've published articles on dance and, and books and travel uh, so once you started tango dancing, did did your writer's mind immediately start clicking? Oh yes, oh yes, yeah. I mean, I was inspired to write about. I remember, uh, well, in my first book, The Church of Tango, mm-hmm. I have a section on on a milonga that I was at at La Idea, mm-hmm. and it was it was just like a, for me at that time. I, know, I came home from the milonga and wrote that, but it was it's like dancing on a cloud in heaven. Mm-hmm. You know, it was like just an amazing, I don't know, amazing experience that many, many people have. Mm-hmm. So uh, I wrote about those things like many people do in tango. At, at the time that uh, 
I, w- I wrote a Tangle blog. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of Tangle blogs because people, it's such um, a weird feeling and you try and talk about it mm-hmm. and you try and explain it. You work really hard to, to, to put it in words. Yeah. So a lot of people at that time were trying to write about it and explain mm-hmm. um, their feelings and emotions. And I did too. Mm-hmm. It's tricky to, to do that because you feel these... Like you said, that's like dancing with a cloud, but you know, there's so much more. If you're not a dancer, how do you, you know, it's uh, trying to get across all of those emotions and those feelings, and and that's definitely really challenging. And I think too that people who don't know anything about it and they're trying to understand it by reading mm-hmm. books, because there's, there's a lot of tangled books out there and articles and blogs, that they there's no basic step in in the improvisation factor. Mm-hmm. So that makes it harder to understand like when it comes together with everything mm-hmm. you know the music inspires it and then the two people dance as one body mm-hmm. when it all comes together with everybody else in the salon mm-hmm. it's magical yeah. and it doesn't happen all the time and i think that's one reason why people get addicted is because it doesn't you can't count on it happening so you keep going out and searching for it mm-hmm. yeah and i think um yeah with me i think with a lot of other other listeners out there who are just starting to to get into it the the way that you're describing you know they they might that might um it might not be happening right away but something about it makes them want to chase it yes and and um they they've heard about it from other people and mm-hmm. they it, once they experience it once mm-hmm. just once then they keep trying to experience it again wouldn't you say joe yeah yeah you keep going after that <laughs> hit <laughs> yeah. yep keep going after that high baby yeah yeah <laughs> so sheree you were kind enough to send me a copy of your latest book intoxicating tango which comes out in november of 2019 it's it's a really smooth read. I haven't had a chance to get through all of it, but I've read a significant portion of it. Again, it reads very smoothly. Um, it's quite juicy, Cherie, and uh, <laughs> quite juicy in some places, quite spicy in others. Uh, <laughs> without without giving too much away. Well, don't mislead the listeners, though, Joe, because you know it's you know what I'm trying to say. It, it doesn't mm-hmm. have like sex details and no, I I, I yeah, that kind of yeah. Stuff. But it's it's a very it's a very fun, uh, adventurous oh, read. And do you ever? I mean, I don't want to give too much away about the book, but just kind of looking back onto your experiences in in Buenos Aires, the ups and the downs, and all the the traveling and the experiences. Do you ever think to yourself, how did I survive all of that? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kind of, but 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 mm-hmm. see, I say this in the book is mm-hmm. that. I moved to Buenos Aires definitively. Yeah. Uh, that was going to be my forever home. Mm. And I tried really, really hard to make it so. And so it, I didn't, I'm not a quitter. Right. And even when, when things happened that weren't so great and mm-hmm. I realized and I learned about a lot of things about the culture mm-hmm. and it was very hard for me after making that decision and moving and doing all that I did to get to, to create a life mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It was very hard to uh, say, okay, maybe I've, I've had enough. Yeah. Uh, that was very hard. Um, and so that's what the book is about really, how that came to pass. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. There's one really important theme of the book that I do want to want to touch upon that I think it would be really great for our listeners to to hear about is that when you made that huge step of going to to BA and you couldn't take everything with you. You had to you let go of a lot of um, personal belongings. And that's tough for a lot of people to do. I keep hearing from people, oh, yeah, you know, I'm trying to get rid of some things here and there. But this was uh, you know, taking that to the next level. What did that teach you? Or what did you learn from the experience of just really having to let go of so much in order to, to make it work? Well, Joe, I had already gone through it previously a few mm-hmm. times. In because, Mexico and France? Um, Yes, and my my home here in Los Angeles, when Mm -hmm. my husband passed away, I sold a house, and that was a a whole big, terrible story that's Mm -hmm. in the Church of Tango. And I had to, you know, sell stuff and um, let go of things, and I put a few things in storage Mm -hmm. that I dreamed about getting out someday. And I moved to Mexico, and then when I left Mexico, I had another little garage sale, the stuff I had accumulated there in three Mm -hmm. years. Then I, I got rid of the stuff that I had in storage in L.A. because I realized that I was just paying too much to keep it. Mm-hmm. And um, I, my dream was to take it to Argentina mm-hmm. eventually. And I'm so glad I didn't because I met people there who and people with money. But they had filled up a, a container or half a container or even a quarter of a container with their precious things. Mm-hmm. And then because they weren't, they didn't have the papers, you know, for uh, their visa for residency. Right. They couldn't have their stuff. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know that. There's so much you don't know until you actually do something. So I, I didn't know that. So, yeah, I arrived in Buenos Aires with uh, five suitcases and a painting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was okay by then. Mm-hmm. You know, I had my cat. Yeah. That was very important. Yeah. <laughs> it was everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, quite an adventure for for the cat as well. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she was a three country cat, my expat cat Phoebe. Mm-hmm. May she rest in peace. Yeah. Yeah, so Sheree, I want to shift gears a little bit to uh, just to the act of, of writing as well. And you've gone through so much, and these memoirs are, are very, very personal. And how do you decide what to include, what to leave out? Okay, um, first of all, if you're going to write a memoir, mm-hmm. it has to be true. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you want to base something on, on your life story or be inspired by it, then write a novel. Mm-hmm. But if it's going to be a memoir, your reader counts on it being true. And that's the only reason for its existence. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're a nobody, you know, if you're a movie star, people are going to read it no matter what. Mm-hmm. But um, if you're an unknown person, it has to be true and it has to move forward and, and make some kind of a, a point. Mm-hmm. And so that's what, I mean, there were many, many things about my life in Buenos Aires, the 11 years I was there, right. that uh, I didn't include, that maybe were were interesting incidents and whatnot, but I thought, well, that doesn't move the story forward, so mm-hmm. there's no point in bogging the reader down with that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. I just tried to stick to moving everybody onto the next page and, and not little uh, asides. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to leave out some of those things, but... Yeah. but you have to because nobody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then we went to the circus. And then we... Right. So, yeah. I mean, I did a... <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so yeah. But, you know, another thing that 
made me that inspired me to write this book, Intoxicating Tango, mm-hmm. is the, about the culture and the machismo, mm-hmm. which fits in with the tango, the sexism, all of that. Mm-hmm. And I want that women such as myself to know about these things before they go down there. I think it's really important to be aware that culture is not like it is in England or Germany or mm-hmm. or here, yeah, the United States or Canada or you know it, it has its own way of moving, mm-hmm. and the local people understand that and deal with it and they're fine with that. But mm-hmm. you can't just drop into it and understand it. Yeah. And I sure didn't. And there's there's a that machismo and maybe that's why the tango is so good. You know, that maybe that's why those Milongueros really know how to lead a woman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a psychologist or sociologist or anything. But that's just my experience of, of the, the sexism. It, was, it took me a while to learn. Yeah. So um, I just hope that other women are aware of that, especially middle-aged women who aren't used to getting a lot of attention mm-hmm. in their own countries. So. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's just kind of downright shocking, you know, how <laughs> when you some of the some of the things that that you describe, some of the things you heard or seen, it's like wow. And I name names. Yep. <laughs> I yeah. name names because mm-hmm. I, I just think people should should know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's one thing to be admired because you're just an amazing dancer. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's great. Certainly, I ad- I admire many. And mm-hmm. have admired many, yeah. but it's another thing to admire them for their private lives because it's got nothing to do mm-hmm. with their artistic ability, their performance ability, whatever. And mm-hmm. so that's why I name names of some people mm-hmm. who I know, I personally knew uh, of particular incidences that happened mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I think that you everybody should know that uh, people are human and they do mm-hmm. things, not always good things. Yeah. So that's why I did it, and I'll, I'll probably get a lot of flack from from acolytes of some of these people I talked about. But anyway, that's what I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a such a fascinating uh, fascinating dance and the culture that goes around it. I mean, again, like you said, how it's different in other countries in Europe and the United States. How you know there are just some lines we don't cross, <laughs> but. That that that's quite different in, in, in Buenos Aires as you as you write, as the readers will find out once they once they pick up your book. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So with all of these um ideas and all these uh little adventures that you've collected and, and placed into your book. So Sheree, tell us a little bit about your your writing routine because it's it's important to stay, you know, not just focus on the writing, but uh how how did you structure your time in and putting this book together. Okay. Um, actually, I wrote this book in a different manner than I wrote my other two okay. in the in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, with this one, it took me a long time to make the decision that I was going to write it. Mm-hmm. It took me a long time because some of the things that happened to me were very painful, and yeah. I didn't really want to go back and revisit them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do, you know, when you're when you're writing uh, about something, you have to put yourself there. Mm-hmm. So I thought about it for, for quite a while, and then I made the decision. So what I did after the decision was made is I just took me about a year to do a, a brain dump of all the things that I remembered, mm-hmm. everything, and I put it all down. Mm-hmm. And 
so that took a year, and then I went back and I started, you know, organizing it and editing it and deleting and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So uh, it was is written in a different way. The Church of Tango, my first one, it took ten years to write that, mm-hmm. and I wrote it kind of in chunks because it takes place in France, it takes place in Mexico, it takes place in Argentina, mm-hmm. and in Los Angeles, and so that was kind of it was uh, just. Putting it together was a, in a different way for me because I mm-hmm. just wrote about, okay, this happened in Mexico, so I'm writing about it because I'm all inspired. And I would just put it down, and then I would be inspired by something else and write about that. And mm-hmm. then I went to Argentina, you know. But this this is more organic, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. intoxicating tango. Mm-hmm. It just came kind of out of my, out of my gut yeah. and my soul. And it helped me to work things out right. for myself. Mm-hmm. my mm-hmm. feelings well, the reasons for some things some things I still don't understand and I'll never understand yeah yeah <laughs> yeah like you said it's it's good to to get all of this all of this out but when you when you finished and when you went over the memories and also over what you had written about uh, certain uh, adventures that had happened while you're in Buenos Aires did you come across any maybe new revelations or new understandings of, of things that uh that had happened before you like, Oh, like sort of aha moments. Like, Oh, now I understand. Yes. But only about myself. Some of the actions of, of other people mm-hmm. who I met down there and uh, the man that I had uh, a relationship with for mm-hmm. 10 years, mm-hmm. I never had an aha moment because mm-hmm. I, and I think it's a cultural thing. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't know, mm-hmm. but for myself, I did. Oh, yeah, that's why I was feeling like that. Or that's why, mm-hmm. you know, so I did have aha moments, but only about myself. Or I guess I have to say, I had aha moments about the culture. It's like, yeah, this person is acting this way. Mm-hmm. Because that's the way his father, his grandfather, his uncles, his brothers mm-hmm. have, have always acted. Mm-hmm. And that's how he was raised. So, yeah, that so it helped me to realize that. That about the culture and it made me feel even more outside of the culture. Okay. When I understood how how different the people raised in a certain way mm-hmm. think about things, it's for example all those years when I lived in Mexico and Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. I tried really hard to be late to a party or a, an event or a meeting. Mm-hmm. I was always the first one. Yeah. I could not <laughs> learn to take my time yeah I just couldn't mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's just a little example of, of how I tried really hard in many many ways mm-hmm. but I I just couldn't fit in mm-hmm. for myself I couldn't be happy living with with the way it was the one thing was the food honestly mm-hmm. you know wow. <laughs> I live in LA I got everything I want all the time to eat and right. In Buenos Aires, it's very restricted mm. what there is to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not talking about fancy restaurants because I didn't really go to those. Mm-hmm. But at the supermarket and um, what was available and what people, when they had you over for dinner and when we invited people over, what we served and what people ate. And it was very limited. Mm-hmm. And I love to eat all kinds of exotic things. and mm-hmm. They just, no, you just don't. I don't know how it is now because I left in 2014. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that some things have changed a lot, including mm-hmm. the tango. I know many of the milongueros that I used to enjoy dancing with, well, they're dead now. 
mm-hmm. had passed away. Right. And many of the Milongas that I loved were gone too. Yeah, I heard it's, it's a city that just, yeah, where something is there one year and it might not be there the next. And Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. And uh, I suppose that it's only natural in any art mm-hmm. that it has to change. It can't be a museum piece, you know? Right. It has to keep on evolving. Mm-hmm. And people who, who like, uh, I mean, I've listened to some of the your podcasts and what people were talking about. When they went to Buenos Aires, they would go to Vija Malcolm or they would go, you know, to the, mm-hmm. all the different alternative milongas. And I just hated those. I just hated that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, maybe I went to each one once, mm-hmm. but then I went where I was comfortable. And that's yeah. the beauty of Buenos Aires Tango is that there's a milonga for you. Uh-huh. Whatever you like, you can find one for you that you like the people and the music mm-hmm. and the style of dancing. Yeah. As with uh, a lot of things, once you start dancing this dance for a while, you start, you know, seeing parallels between life and, and tango. And uh, a lot of things that happen with in your book, uh, there's there's suffering and there's heartbreak. Um, but at the same time, you know, there's very often when that happens in our lives, it, it leads to something meaningful or, or beautiful. What are your thoughts on on that? Oh, God, I suffered a lot in my life. Yes. So. <laughs> Yes. Uh, as as most people my age, but I've had an, an enormous mm-hmm. amount of uh, really bad things happen to me, and and dancing mm-hmm. has has saved me, has mm-hmm. saved me. So that's I guess you could say the opposite of of the tragedy that is, has befallen me in in the last twenty five years. Mm-hmm. Oh, I guess now it's thirty years. In in those tragedies, uh, many different kinds the opposite of that the beauty would be the dancing mm-hmm. and so i'm so grateful so very grateful for mm-hmm. those beautiful spiritual splendid moments that i've had on the dance floor without that i don't know right you know mm-hmm. <laughs> and then writing too mm-hmm. you know that when i wrote my blog uh, i wrote it from 2008, 2014, when I left um, Buenos Aires, I enjoyed that so much, Mm -hmm. and uh, I I got out of myself a lot of feelings and thoughts, and then the great thing at that time was that a lot of people made comments on blogs, Mm -hmm. and so it helped me feel less lonely, because I felt like I was having conversations with people all over the world. Nice. And uh, so I, I, I wrote about three posts a week for all those years, and um, mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed that. Nice. So what, are, what writing projects are you currently involved with now? Well, uh, I have a secret Okay, secret you don't have blog. to tell me if you don't want to, if it's a secret. <laughs> well, no, I can tell you it's a secret and an, an anonymous in, in that nobody can find it. Okay. You know, so you can't Google it, you can't. <laughs> and I'm... I'm enjoying having having that. I guess it's sort of like a journal, but what mm-hmm. it is, it's all the sad and pathetic things that I I feel sometimes mm-hmm. that we all feel, but I don't want to put it out there in public, you know. Mm-hmm. Always with my writing, I've tried to stay positive and not to to down mm. um but i'm putting all the down stuff on the on the anonymous block so that that's that's a healthy thing for me to do and also i i started a writers group oh, great. here in koreatown um last uh, january mm-hmm. and we meet every tuesday night and uh that's 
very inspiring mm. to me to have that group of people and we all are working on different things and we all help each other mm-hmm. and uh yeah so that's great nice nice so how is your tango life how's that going along after this great adventure in in buenos aires well i have to say via one of my blog posts is uh called the circle of tango mm-hmm. i'm going to explain that and then you'll know well, we all, when we start dancing, we're all excited and we buy tango shoes and, mm-hmm. and women buy tango clothes, which there really is no such thing. But, you know, we, at the beginning, we don't know that. It's mm-hmm. fun. We go and buy sexy clothes and, and we go to all the classes. We go to festivals and, and encuentros and travel around and go to every milonga we can. Okay. Mm-hmm. We do that for a while. Then we start getting, oh, well, it's not so much fun to, to go to that milonga or I really don't enjoy the people that are there so much as the one that dance over there. And so you get more fussy. Mm-hmm. You only like certain music, maybe. So you, you're going around this circle where you're getting, it's, you're condensing your joy mm-hmm. into fewer moments. And pretty soon you come to a point where you're as good as you're going to get. Your partners are all dancing the same way. You can anticipate mm-hmm. how they're going to be. You've danced with them for so many years. Yeah. So then you become a DJ or a tango teacher, mm-hmm. or you quit. Mm. So I was a tango teacher with my partner in right. Buenos Aires for many years, mm-hmm. and oh, I loved it. Mm-hmm. I just I enjoyed that so much. And um, and now I don't dance anymore. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, and <laughs> and I of course you're gonna say, don't you miss it? Yeah, I do, but mm-hmm. I don't have a car. I live in L.A. All the milongas in L.A., and there's plenty of them, mm-hmm. except one, are very far away, like an hour away. Right. I Uber. I go to work, um, and I, I Uber. Mm-hmm. I'm a librarian in the Los Angeles Public Library. And if I go, if I take an Uber to a milonga that's an hour away, you know, that's a lot of money. Right. And then I have to pay the entrance fee and, and all that. And then maybe, maybe I'll only dance one tanda. Yeah. You know, nothing for sure. Mm-hmm. And people don't know me anymore. And so, you know, it's not worth it for me to spend like $80 to go and dance one tanda. Right. Maybe if it was a fantastic, fantastic tanda, it'd be worth right. it. Mm-hmm. But you never know about that. So, yeah. So I don't, I don't dance anymore. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, fighting LA traffic, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't blame you, even if it's through Uber. Yeah. Well, it's it's not so much the traffic; it's the cost of it. Yeah, you know, to to go um, out to wherever. I mean, that there are milongas all over, but that's L.A. That you have to drive an hour to get any place at all. Right. I'm. An, I suppose you felt that when you were visiting here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's L.A. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. and I do miss it. Um, I took a friend to um, the Ellen Quintero milonga. She she was just curious. She had mm-hmm. read some of my writings and she's I want to see what it's like where with the cab of sale and all that that's so weird she said I want to see it <laughs> so <laughs> I took her with me out to Ellen Quintero and I enjoyed being there with her but I danced one time now. Mm-hmm. so that's the last time I've danced I can still dance it's like riding a bicycle though yeah yeah do you still so listen I've to done the it mu- for so many years yeah do you still no, listen to I the don't. music no no Joe I don't because it makes me sad yeah you know, I, I, I'm fluent in Spanish. Now I understand the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
yeah. or even the instrumentals, you know. I mean, I, I've heard them for so many years, so long, so much, so mm -hmm. often. And so, oh, oh, that one, El Rey, I remember dancing, performing that, you know, mm -hmm. and, blah, blah, blah. and it just brings back so many memories. I mean, that's nostalgia, that's a tango for you, but mm -hmm. makes me sad. So I don't just put on tango music and listen, no, sir. Mm -mm. I don't. Mm -hmm. Do you think you'll be uh, doing any more writing projects that involve tango? I don't know. I have mm -hmm. to wait and see. Okay. Okay. Maybe. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> the door's open, maybe. but we don't know. Exactly. How about in terms of traveling? Do you think you have any more adventures in other countries? As a matter of fact, I'm going to Ireland for the holidays. Oh. I've never been, and like many Americans, I'm half Irish. Mm -hmm. And I, I just, I would really like to go. So it's convenient to go at that time for me. Okay. And uh, so that's what I'm doing. And maybe I'll find some tangle there. I always take my tangle shoes wherever I go. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe you'll find, uh, yeah, I'm sure you'll find something new to write about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, travel is very inspiring. So uh, I know what inspires me. And, well, it's art and mm -hmm. dance and music and travel mm -hmm. and people. Yeah. All right. So, Cherie, where do we find out more about you online? Oh, gosh, I'm all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all over the place, Joe. But my website, I have a website because I felt it was finally time to have a professional website. Okay. But it's not coming. I mean, it's on WordPress. And okay. I'll, I'll tell you the truth. WordPress is just really hard for me to, to deal with. Oh, yeah. I don't understand a lot of the, the thing, the plug-in, all this stuff. I, mm -hmm. So I'm going to do something different with with my website okay. but um I, i'm all over facebook and okay. i have a, a sheree magnus author page and uh, i post all the time about stuff that moves mm -hmm. me and about um my writing so right now that's i guess uh, i have to say facebook okay facebook me okay <laughs> facebook or google me and you'll see a lot of articles i've written about other places like france and nice like that. nice yeah, and on uh, to get a hold of your other books, which are currently on sale, uh, Arabesque, Dancing on the Edge in Los Angeles, and also The Church of Tango, a memoir, we can find those on Amazon? Absolutely. Okay. They're all, all three of them are part of the Death, Dance, Destiny mm -hmm. uh, trilogy yep. of my memoirs. Right. And, you know, and, people meet me and they say, what do you, what do, you do? Uh, I say, well, I'm a librarian. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm a dancer, but I'm also a writer. You're, oh, wow. And they say, so they say, what do you write about? I say, me. <laughs> <laughs> they really look at me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and I'm having, I'm having a book launch party. I'm very excited about this yes. on, on November 17th. Okay. Anybody in L.A. who's listening, welcome to Please Come. Um, it's going to be at the Tangle Room mm -hmm. in Sherman Oaks from 3 to 5 on a Sunday afternoon, and there's going to be giveaways, and um, I'm going to be reading from Intoxicating Tango and uh, swag bags and food and champagne and cake with the cover on the frosting. Mm -hmm. I don't know how they do that, but they're going to put the cover on the frosting on the cake. And so it's going to be a fun time. So okay. anybody who's in L.A. on that day, November 17th, and wants to come will be welcome. Okay. And your latest book is Intoxicating Tango, My Years in Buenos Aires, available November 2019. 
That's going to be uh, exciting. So this is the third of your tri- third book in your trilogy. That's correct. Um, Intoxicating Tango is available now on pre-order. Okay. For the Kindle, and it will be in paperback as well. Great, great. And I think the, the listeners should know there's a very useful glossary that you included in the book with all the tango terms for those who are not as familiar with tango, so they will not be lost. Th- thank you, Joe. Thanks for mentioning that. You know, I, I let me just say this. Mm-hmm. I'm a volunteer tutor in the literacy project in, in the library, and my, my student is Mexican. Okay. And I showed her the glossary, and <laughs> she said, oh, my gosh. She said, what? Dios mio, what are all these weird words? (laughs) (laughs) Because Castellano is so different. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so one reason I have the glossary, not only to help people to understand some of the phrases I use in the book, but also to get a taste for the different language with all the lunfardo and the vestre and and the different vocabulary that exists in, in Argentina. It's kind of fun. Yeah. So... Thanks for mentioning that there is a glossary there. Yeah. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Well, Cherie, thank you. This has been a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, best of luck to you. I think it's going to be a lot of fun in November when the book comes out. Thank you so much. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate your interest in me and my book and my writing Mm -hmm. and uh, my my story. And uh, this is really fun for me, too. So what a a great thing you're doing to have these these podcasts. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Yeah, and plus, let me just say, let me say, you do have a really great voice. Oh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, I, I never, I never so, intended to to get into radio or anything like that. The first time I ever put my voice out there was with this podcast. So, yeah. <laughs> well, it's your call. You finally found your two calling. I, I guess I have. have I guess I have. <laughs> yeah. Well, good for you, and thank you for your interest in in intoxicating tango sure. and, and in me. All right. Stay in touch, Cherie. Thanks a lot. Thank you, Joe. Okay. It was nice talking to Cherie. And what I find with a lot of people who really get into tango is that they allow other interests or hobbies in their lives to start intersecting with their dance activities. For Cherie, it was writing. And it's great that her passion for tango gave her enough material for not one, but several books and an extensive blog as well. And even if you're not a writer, it helps to record your thoughts and observations about tango once you start getting into it. This dance will take you on adventures. Even if you never publicly share what it is that you write, it's good to document them in some form, in a notebook or some sort of writing app on your laptop, for instance, because you'll learn a lot about yourself, about your life, your thought processes, and other people too. I really liked how Cherie characterized the tango addiction, and I put addiction in air quotes, in that especially in the beginning, there are moments when you get that feeling of dancing with a cloud and you achieve that tango high. It doesn't happen too frequently at first, but at every Milanga or Practica, we know there's a chance that we'll find it, which keeps us coming back for more. But unlike a drug addiction, tango is much healthier. And of course, Cherie spoke a lot about Buenos Aires, which figures prominently in her writing. There have been venues that she hated, but others have had great experiences at those same places. And it's good that she points out the wide variety of malangas there, that there is a malanga for you no matter who you are. So thank you again, Cherie, for taking the time to chat and for sharing your thoughts. And of course, thanks to all you listeners for tuning in. If you're enjoying the show, 
Please take a quick moment to subscribe and please leave a five-star rating and review if you haven't already. That helps out a lot. Okay, that's it for today. You've been listening to Joe's Tango Podcast. I'm Joe Yang, and I'll talk to you again soon.